0: i want to start a journey with you most likely it's gonna be just one uh one 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 message hopefully right but let's see how the lord leads us i will try not to rush us You know, most of the time uh when i prepare one sunday service or sermon for a sunday sometimes i teach for two three weeks i want to believe that you guys have been well behaved you've been your best behavior over the week so the lord would not have anything to expose to me in my spirit and i have to call things out by the word of knowledge Amen. Praise the Lord. So today I want to talk about something that is crucial, crucially fundamental to the growth and advancement of the gospel. Crucially fundamental to the growth and the advancement of the gospel. To the development of believers, you know, to to help us overcome all this chaos and fighting in the world amen so uh before i give it a title right i will i would like to play a short video clips and then we have a conversation about it so maybe we'll be able to get some guys to to speak on them um, from online and um, share what you guys i I would like this part of this service to be quite interactive so let's play the video and then let i would like to hear people's comment so go for it
1: (laughs) I <laughs>
0: like to hear some comment what do you make of that video i mean i would like to hear some comment about those kids uh yeah from the video Good morning, morning. <laughs> they are stingy, <laughs> they, are stingy. <laughs> they are stingy okay <laughs> anybody wants a hat to that <laughs> all babies
1: who have not yet been taught how to share to give um Because when you look at the age um, that mm-hmm. they are, um, it looks like babies that who have not yet been taught to share, to give, um, and things like that. Um, I remember we bought a chair, you know the plastic chairs you buy for children to sit in, because a yeah. big adult chair is too high. We bought one for Omar, and we said this is for him. A visitor came and wanted to put their foot up. He embarrassed us. <laughs> belongs to him? i'll buy it you know it's for him but i didn't attach his name to it he embarrassed us that day it was like yeah 18 months like yeah so even grace doesn't own anything at all even though it's for her she doesn't own it so that's what i've learned with
0: babies Mm, i I like that point there thanks for sharing that like that point that you know uh, you don't attach their name to it anymore. Mine, mine, mine. This is awesome, awesome. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Who wants to add to that, Shanice, <clears throat> What did you see um, of those babies yeah. that you were babysitting? <laughs> 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 yeah, I just want to say the that babies don't like to share. Babies don't like to share. Okay, I love that. Uh, anybody wants to add? Mrs. Cole, you want to? I, I don't know if okay, but just yes, carry on. Yeah, mm-hmm. um.
1: because the portions that the babies were like I, the guy with the burger the burger was like stacks of burger. like you had more than enough to share so mm-hmm. all the things that the babies were fighting to keep they probably wouldn't even finish it in the first place so there's not than there's abundance yeah. but Yes, it's, it's, it's a sign of um as either how we are born like selfishness is a natural thing so then becoming or giving
0: you can come with come
1: with it sounds like giving mm-hmm. is like a sign come, come, of come. maturity or going in a different direction so giving is going against our natural human nature because that's what it sounds like babies are naturally selfish yeah. but then when it comes to um maturing or being a believer you have to consciously realize that no i have more than enough to give because the father has placed so much on the inside of me and then consciously walk in the opposite direction to say, Actually,
0: I'm going to give. So, yeah. <laughs> Amen. You guys have done so well. Well done. Well done. So, now let's get into it. Imagine a church full of people who are to make decisions, lead people, but mentally, they are still at the level of those babies. Just think of what that would look like. Imagine you enter a church, even though they are grown up adults. But if you were to look with the eyes of a spirit, what you see is a nursery. Do you know that's what this, uh, the state of the majority of our churches, uh, that's the state of the majority of our churches today? Nurseries. Nurseries full of babies who don't want to share. Mine, mine, mine. Me, me, me. And I'm going to give us an example. So the title of my teaching today is Becoming a Selfless Christian. Becoming a selfless Christian. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 3 to 8. Philippians 2, verses 3 to 8. Let nothing, I'll read from the New King James, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each one esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Amen. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and become obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. When I was trying to get a title for this sermon, this teaching, I first titled it, uh, Cultivating the Mindset of Jesus. But I thought you guys might not be, people might not generally may not be able to quickly connect with that. Because uh, I, I I am big on mindset. Talk about my job, the things that I do, I'm big on mindset. Most of the time, people focus on how to do the job. But people are so limited in how proactive they can become in the job and add value to their job. Because... All they know is about crunching the numbers pressing the buttons getting the job done they can't think outside of the scope of their work they're they not creative they can grow because they don't have the mindset to excel in that job even personally I am um, now i think i've gotten to the peak of my secular career in a sense and the lord is kind of leading me into something different into doing what he actually wires me to do and trust me the first time i started tackling this morning My one-hour prayer this morning was focused on, Lord, help me to transition mentally the mindset. Because once I can adjust and switch in my mind and see myself the way God sees me, in this new direction is taking me, then my body, my attitude, my everything else will adjust. Amen. So I'm very, very big on mindset. So bear in mind that one of the things we're looking at this morning is cultivating that mindset of a selfless Christian. So... Don't look at this from the point of what you will do, what you will not do. Uh, Look at this from the point of how to think like a selfless Christian, how to see things like a selfless Christian. Amen. So uh, let's take note of uh, a few key verses there. So verse verse 4 says, I'm going to quickly get it Uh, out. Let me see. Verse 3, I mean, let nothing, watch that, let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Let nothing, someone say nothing. Nothing. Praise God. Let nothing be done out of selfish ambition. Nothing. Let me show you some, some consequences. Or impact of selfish ambition in the church. One of such impact, negative or impact or adverse impact of selfish ambition in the church is church hurt. Church hurt. Now the drama in the church, the, traum- the traumatic experiences that people have with church. One of the main reasons why a lot of people are coming out of a church, no longer committed to church today, is because of selfish ambition in the mind and the brain of Christian leaders and many Christians. I would like to say that I'm not advocating that Christians be perfect. I'm not advocating that Christians be perfect. For me, I'm much less selfish in my life today than I was 20 years ago 15 years ago so i have grown i've matured and that's why i titled the sermon becoming a selfless christian because it's a journey like we saw in the life of those toddlers those babies that naturally human beings are selfish i repeat naturally human beings are selfish now those babies many of them can't speak yet so They don't, they've not come to realize what life looks like yet. So if those babies can be selfish and most babies don't want to share, it tells you that naturally human beings are selfish. So if at the age of 40, 50, you are still very selfish, we need to check you. Friends, growth is not all about physical development. Don't forget, remember what, this, what the Bible says. They're talking about have, let this mind of Christ be in you. Have this mindset of Christ. Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 said, When I was a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child. Then when I became of age, I put away childish things, meaning I stopped thinking like a child, I stopped acting like a child. Now, maturity requires a conscious effort and it has a lot to do with how you think. I repeat, to grow in life, not according to how human beings generally describe growth from a physical perspective standpoint. For instance, uh, she's now 21. She's come out of uni. She can... Or later on, she's gotten married. She's had kids. She's now a woman. No. I've come across mothers who think like 13-year-olds, who think like teenagers, who don't have a sense of responsibilities. I've come across men in their 50s and 60s who shock me the way they think. I've come across pastors who act as if they're they're not even saved at all. Amen. And I'm sure you would have come across such people in your life as well. I have people that I've come across who treat people like... don't matter they don't like you know when you look at their lives their lifestyle and how they treat people you ask yourself is this person a christian at all because you can't find anywhere anything in their life that looks like jesus from the standpoint of the utter selfishness in their lives so what i'm saying to us here is that maturity is not a function or maturity should not be measured by physical development or going through the stages of growth according to the society, according to society, or social standard. Maturity has a lot to do with how you think. Amen. And that is why you come across some people in their early 20s, even some teenagers who come across mature or much more mature than some people in their 40s. It's one of the reasons why I encourage, I challenge my church family to read. Read the right books. Read books on leadership, on attitude, on marriage, how to develop yourself, how to treat other people, how to love people, how to care about people. You were not born with this. You were not born with these abilities in a sense. You were born with the potential, but you have to grow into it. See, I love what someone said that those kids have not, those babies have not been taught. So it comes to show it comes to show that if you don't train yourself, if you don't choose to learn, you cannot grow. No matter what age you have, I mean, no matter regardless of your age. So you've got to learn to grow. You got to learn, and that is one of the reasons why Jesus put the ministry gift in the church to educate you guys, to help you, to support you guys, to equip you, to empower you, so that you don't stop. You st- you stop thinking like baby. Some people think. They are mature because of their age. In Nigeria, where I come from, you hear a sixty old man say things like, hmm, "At this my age, well, at this my age, at this my age." But their attitude and behavior, and even how they make decisions in the matter in this, uh, of discussion, is like a toddler. But they, but what they consider as maturity. Know that that demands to be respected is their age. Friends, with all due respect, I can say age sometimes is just numbers. So if you're not pouring the right ingredient in yourself, if you're not learning, if you're not developing, you are going nowhere. And trust me, people who have the right sense, who have common sense, and are committed to developing themselves at some point in their life should leave you alone. Because If you don't add value to yourself, add value to other people's life, you will start sucking life and value out of them. you become a liability. You become a pain. Some Christians today have not grown much in their lives because they want to keep their peers with them. They want to stay connected to their peers who are not giving themselves to any form of growth or maturity, who are not learning, who are not improving themselves. I've said all of that to say, in the church, except people are taught to be selfless, except people practice selflessness, we're going to be having a lot of drama in the church. Amen. So the drama, the dramatic the drama in the church, the church heart that, that most people have experienced was facilitated by people who are immature in their Christian work. Who are what immature in their Christian work. So let me give an example of this selfish behavior that drives selfish ambition, selfish goal, you know, selfish motives. You know, praise God. So, some of the signs of selfishness in people is one, taking advantage of people, to take advantage of people you see that this person has something that could benefit you, you then take advantage of it to the detriment of the, of the, of the person. To help us in this journey, let me quickly give us a, a few, uh, two definitions of selfishness. So to be selfish means lacking consideration for other people. Please take note of that. To be selfish means to lack consideration for other people. You don't see things from people's perspective. It's only about you and what you want to get. Some, some people are users in the body of Christ. What they do is use people to accomplish what they want to get. And trust me, and not trust me. And because they've been doing this for so many years, they don't see anything wrong in what they are doing. Well, you find such people in Transmaster because they get offended. <laughs> Amen. So to be concerned chiefly, talking about selfish selfishness what it means to be selfish to be concerned chiefly with your own personal profit and pleasure i used to work with someone whom since i've known them up until the last time i had an engagement with them they are super selfish and self-centered it was so bad that when we even go to the app, even i don't think i found one thing that this person does that is not driven by selfish ambition, by selfish motive. I have not seen one thing. Everything good that seems like they... Everything that seems good that they've done, 99% of them have come to find that there's a selfish ambition behind it. Friends, when you take advantage of people, sometimes thinking you are doing something for the benefit of all, but for, all, for, for, but for ultimately your own gain and pleasure... You break people. You destroy people's trust. You hurt people. Praise God. So to be selfish means to be concerned. Another way. Another definition. To be concerned excessively. Or excu- exclusively. Exclusivity. is about me, I, me, I. Can, can, if you can share that picture of uh, a lady in pink. Me, I, me, I. Yeah. Me, I, I, I. Me, me, me. My, my, my. My, my, my. That is the melody in the mind of many believers. Me, me, me. My, my, my. My, my, my. I, I, I. Is me. Me or nobody. Amen. Let's go back. Thank you. So to be concerned excessively or exclusively for oneself. One's own advantage, one's own pleasure, one's own welfare, regardless of others. This is, <laughs> in, a Christ- in Christendom, okay, permit me how I'm going to say this, it's demonic. You know why I say demonic? Because you, you get to the point that you begin to control people. Thank God that people, children can be taught. People can grow. And kids that are not taught to be selfless. They cause problems in marriages. Many of us out today, no offense to us, we're not raised to be mature. We're not trained to be mature. We're not trained to be selfless. Amen. We're not trained to be selfless. We're not really mature. So we cause problems in our marriages because it's about you, me, I, the kind of job I want, the kind of thing I want to do. Friends, can I say to you, whatever job you are doing, if that job is making you for a man watch this if your jobs make you feel special and that job is not bringing in enough income to feed your family look after your family you are selfish let me finish it and you have the ability to go get another job or do something else that will bring you more money but because the job makes you feel special you are recognized you are in power and your family is suffering. You are a selfish man. And I'm speaking to pastors inclusive. Your pastor is just, your your church is very small and you choose to take um, salary from the church. But the income of the church is not enough to look after your children. And and most of the time during the week, you're not that busy. And you don't think it's okay for you to take a part-time job to look after your family. You are a selfish man. So what you do is go around, minister's conference, minister's meeting, you know, laughing, playing, and your family is suffering. You are a selfish man. Praise God. Let's lay the foundation so that we can get it right. So I said, one of the signs of selfishness is when we take advantage of people. We don't regard people. It's about me, what I want to have, what I want to. Do you remember what the Bible says? Let nothing be done out of let nothing be done out of selfish ambition. Personal interest. Personal gain to the exclusion of other people. Exclusivity. Nothing be done out of selfish ambition. The people of the world who have the nature of sin, and we can see from those kids, that selfishness is a sign of the fallen nature of man. To be obsessively and excessively, excessively focused on self is one of the signs of the fallen nature of mankind. So for every believer who has has received a new life in Christ Jesus, who has a new nature in Christ Jesus, for every believer who claims to be genuinely born again, they must embark on the journey of becoming selfless. Do you know one of the things that hurt pastors a lot is when they have invested so much in people. And when the people feel they've gotten what they want, they check out. It is wickedness. For pastors who are married, the time they could have spent with their kids, with their wife, or working on themselves, they choose to invest. They choose to invest it in you. Then you It seems that you've gotten what you want to get. You know things are now working for you. You are delivered from demonic operations and all kind of stuff you know your life is working things are working for you you then you then see the pastor not to be as valuable or carry much worth anymore you leave the church and you go sit with somebody who seems to have many followers and millions of followers that has a name a brand it's wickedness this hurts pastors because many times when they are investing when we're investing in people we are hoping they will mature to the point whereby they can pass on such training to other people. Now, I'm not talking about instances whereby a person is trained and God is leading them to another church to go carry you on his work. Well. Friends, I'm not saying that you join a church and stay there forever. Please check the, motive of the, and check the motive in context. The motive in context there is not to advance in the life of those person to do what God has called them to do. The motive in context is I'm now cool. I've gotten what I want to get. Everything is fine for me now. I know where I am in Christ. These pastors matter anymore. I can go do whatever I like. I've seen some things even in my life, in my, in my few years of pastoring. self utter selfishness. This is demonic, friends. Praise the Lord. Another sign of selfishness in people is when people share information, share personal information. Given to them. So someone comes to you to share personal information with you. Then you make it, you then create a billboard to and share the information with people to make you feel good as a carrier of the gist. You know, like you have information. You know, I I took I I I learned something. I took a lesson and I learned something the very hard way. I used to know this person uh, in in one of my previous churches. And this person would share the news of the the entire world when I go to visit them. I just thought, you know what? I thought it's because they knew me to be a very confidential person and I'll not take people's information out. That's what I thought. But this person seems to have access to information about anybody they've come across. The people feeding them information, I don't know. And this person happens to be a deaconess in the church. So they have information. I give more, info, more details about it so that pastors can be mindful of the people they enlist in leadership. So they have information about things in the church because they're part of leadership and they have access to information. But I don't think there's anybody story in that church that I've not heard of. Right? They never saw it in my, in, in my, my face, my attitude and things like that. So, But what I did not know there was a weakness. I was very much young anyway. It was a weakness in the life of that person and it was utter selfishness. Until it, until it came to my turn, mine was even worse. They took, my own, <laughs> they took my own matter and tabled it in the house of the senior pastor. So the senior pastor, his wife, and the members, and even outsiders. Can you imagine something you discuss in a counseling session privately being had by someone heard from someone that you don't even talk to, don't doesn't even know you, and they have details. Can you imagine that? So how does that make you feel? Friends, are we, are, we, are, we, are we getting just gradually? Because these are, these are things that are destroying people, breaking people, making people leave church. Because people's personal information is their life. It's their life. So they are sharing their life with you. Then you go and trash it. For whatever reason in your brain. It's selfishness. I'm not saying occasionally we don't have to share confidential information with someone to get counsel, to get advice and things like that. Even in sharing confidential information, you have to ensure that the person you're speaking to is mature. Watch their life. Another sign, people because of what they want to get. For instance, if a if a man is wealthy, shall I use this example? Okay, I got this. Uh, someone actually spoke to me about this because it was passing out to them. So what happened was that, um, but I think, but well, I, I don't have all of details, so I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't, I hope you know. And it's quite common because I think. I, can, I feel I can share this because it's more than one occasion. And I think also the Boston College actually commented on my, one of my videos in, on social media. So I feel like so it's public knowledge I can share with you guys. So it happens that their pastor, the pastor of the church that we're attending, started Martin and having revelations about a particular lady in the church. So they were saying all manner of evil things about a particular lady in the church. Encourage the man to divorce the wife and they got the guy, another lady in the church to marry. The relationship between the lady and the pastor, I don't know. But clearly, there's, a, there's an ulterior motive, there's a personal agenda, there's something that the pastor wants to gain from that. So, they sowed seed of doubt mistrust into a marriage so that the home can break and they can marry to the man, the woman, that of their choice or whatever well, I don't know what the, what, the, what, the, what the lady is so the motive behind all of those uh, missed seeds sowed into that marriage was driven by what the pastor wants to accomplish and the woman and the man you know being you know being uh, okay trusting their pastor right We just believe that what what, what the man of God says is true. It was after the lady realized that they have married someone, a particular girl, you know, the the, the story was kind of funny one, to the man, that's when she woke up like, she woke up to the reality that the man, the pastor and his wife actually broke their home because they want to marry a particular girl to the guy. So how, what do you think of that woman? How do you think the woman will see the church, will see pastors and see the kingdom of God? Or Christianity? Is it making sense that I said the reason, why, okay, the reason why we have all of the drama in church today is because of the immaturity of believers? Friends, can I say to you, anybody can start a church anytime. Anybody can start a church. Please pay careful attention to this and share this with your friends. Because many people don't realize, they don't know this they think everyone who calls themselves a pastor is called by god so when people manifest their madness and the wickedness of their heart i'm talking about pastors and quote now then it goes viral a pastor did this a pastor did that anybody can call themselves a pastor anybody can start a church so if you don't know what makes a pastor a pastor if you don't know what what actually what it actually means to be a pastor and assess a man or a woman against those criteria of christ then don't say a person is a pastor. And when they manifest their madness, don't spread it. Don't go disreputing or dis- destroying the name of Christ. Not all who are in pastoring today are, are, are called. Though Paul said in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3, if anyone desires to be a pastor, right, he said he desires a good work. right, And he listed the criteria that must be followed before a person is enlisted into the pastoral work. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Timothy 3, you go read it, that we should ensure that this person has a good reputation before outsiders. So somebody who, ha- who does not have good character, you know, who is not well behaved, who is gullible, who is evil, who is a thief, who is a, who is a sexual abuser, can start a church. And when they start a church, it's their own space, it's their own ministry in a sense, they've not been assessed or checked against anything or anyone. No one investigated them. No one, no one tested them because it's their church. And we have a lot of, the, a lot of these churches outside today. They are molesting women, taking advantage of home, destroying lives. You should also bear in mind that sometimes when a church is not thinking straight and they want to multiply so that more money can come in or for whatever reason on their mind, they, they, they bring any and everybody who can preach and speak into a pastoring. And many of which have not been tested, tried, proven to be a person of good character. So it is important that we bear this in mind, so that when we see some people manifest some demonic abilities, even though they call themselves a pastor, When we see them manifest some demonic abilities, we don't go around shouting, that pastor did that to me. So it means that everyone who who have a heart for the gospel and wants to be part of a local church should take their time to assess the character of a man or a woman before they come too close. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, it's immaturity. It's selfishness. Or, it, or, or sowing weeds, 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 weeds of doubt and mistrust into marriages and relationships is driven by selfishness. Wickedness. Amen. Selfishness also makes pastors and past, uh, pastors, 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 to mislead people. Most of the time for material gain. For whatever they want, again, they give people the wrong information. They lead them in the wrong direction. I'm calling these things out so that we have practical examples and we can check ourselves. Because I, could go past, I could go quickly through this definition of selfishness and then start giving us how to, start, how to become a, a selfless Christian. But I need to call out examples because this is one of the problems we have in church. I used to be like that too. I just want to get a sermon, preach a good message. Selfishness, make myself feel good that I preach a powerful sermon. Whether the people understood what I said or they didn't understand, it doesn't matter. But I preached a powerful sermon. There was a move of the spirit. It's nonsense. The goal of teaching or any message is so that people can understand this. So We had the conversation before I went into the message. We saw babies. You, can, you could see. If a book was here, a Bukum would remind me of those babies next week. Amen. So when you when some situation arises in the church and self and the spirit of selfishness want to hijack you, just remember those babies. And say to yourself, I'm bigger than that. So all the backstabbing, devaluing valuing of people, throwing people under the bus is just stupid to the tenth degree. Most of the time, when I see some behaviors and manners in certain churches, when I see some culture of selfishness, I say to people, "Is the work of the pastor. The pastor, the leader of the church, encouraged it. Every pastor or leader listen to me carefully. God worked on my heart for over two years to deal with this. You got to work on yourself to ensure that you do nothing out of, uh, what do you call it? You, 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 you did not nothing out of preference uh, preference so basically don't give preferential treatment and then do nothing out of fear of men unheld the desire to be respected and approved by men this was a plague in my life that i had to deal with for about 20 years i didn't even know i had it but i knew there were some problems in my life where i am today the kind of freedom i have today in you know, the pastoring a, a small church not feeling like something is missing in my life The peace I have today is because the the Lord has delivered me from the fear of people. At the same time, I had to cut off one or two relationships out of my life because those relationships were making me feel inadequate because of my point in this journey in my life. So any relationship in your life that is composed of people who are important to you will affect you if those people if your relationship with some people is not bringing peace and joy into your life, cut them off. If they are blood relationship, figure out how to manage this relationship because you don't want people to control your life and make you who you are not eventually. Or make, turn you into someone that you are not. I mean, influence you with negative behavior and character. Praise God. As I bring this to a close, you see, there's a, there's a, you know, when I struggle like this, because I'm trying to use very nice words and clean words, right? My, my words are not dirty, I don't swear, right? So, but I'm talking about, I'm, I'm trying not to be too mean, right? I'm not saying I'm mean, but I don't, I'm trying not to be mean. <laughs> you know, when Christians when send you a message, and you see the message, you may not be able to attend at, um, respond at that point in time, but even when you're able to respond, you don't respond. Do you know it's selfishness it's immaturity? This attitude in church where by a deacon, because a person is now ordained a deacon, they see their friend who was not a deacon, before, who, was, who was not a deacon, is now known is not a deacon, and they ignore them. Do you know his immaturity and selfishness? There's this guy I used to, I, used, I respect the guy, and um, he's, he's a friend, more, a, an older friend. So he was ordained a, 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 was ordained a pastor in my, one, of my, one of the churches I used to attend. So I didn't attend the ordination service. So I came in and I saw his wife. I was like, oh, bless you, auntie. How are you? Uh, hi, his brother, so, so, and so. I need some memes from social media yeah. to capture my face. She was boiling. She was angry. And I thought, why is she angry? Why? I just asked about your husband. What's the problem? She was Angry. So she walked away. I went my way. I didn't get it, so I just carried on. Then later I realized that the guy has been ordained a deacon. No, it was a brother Then it was made a deacon. It was not even a pastor. It wasn't a pastor. So his bro- I know him to be a brother, then he was ordained a deacon. So I didn't attend the ordination service. So this woman was angry because I called her husband brother, not deacon. Some people are not well. They are not well. Do you know? See, I've seen this in, the ch- in churches where someone is addressed, there, there's, a, there's a problem in the church, you know, there's a, there's a kind of argument going on, and someone will stand up, I am a deacon. You must understand that I am a deacon and respect me. You are not well, brother. One man saw my wife one day and um, was trying to prove her status in the church. So he happens to be the husband of one of the lead singers in that church and then she said and then he said to my wife do you know where i am i am so 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 husband i said yeah i was not there with what i know now you you try that with me ah by god's grace with wisdom and with all nice to me i would i would trust that thing because i don't want you to spread that to other people a lot of innocent people come into the church like jolem was leading prayer this morning a lot of people don't want to have anything to do with each other because of the insanity, insane behavior they've seen in many, many believers, especially the ones that are occupying positions in the church. Amen. So I mentioned preferential, uh, preferential treatment earlier on. Amen. So I've called out a few signs of selfishness in the believer. So next week we're going to be looking at uh, what you know, how to develop a selfless mindset. But as I close here, selflessness. I just want to make a few comments here. Selflessness is a, is, a, is the hallmark of Christian maturity. Selflessness is a measure of maturity in the life of a believer. Excuse me. Most of the time, we want to use anointing, gift of the Spirit, to measure maturity, or as a yardstick, uh, to measure maturity in the life of a believer. Friends, anybody who gives their life, to, who give their life to Christ today, who commit their life to Christ today, can operate in any gift of the Spirit. They can, they can pray in tongues, they can heal the sick, possibly they can raise the dead. They can give word of knowledge. So the fact that someone can manifest the gift of the Spirit does not mean they are a mature Christian. Does not mean you allow them into your home to molest your girls. The fact that someone can preach, they can teach, doesn't mean they are mature. Does not, does not mean they have sound character does not mean you can go into business with them. Let's get these things right. See, Fred, if you can get this thing that I'm sharing with you, right, many of us will live a peaceful and happy life. Now, I'm not bringing or putting down other believers, other Christians. I'm trying to help you understand that the Christian work is such one that requires growth and development of character, commitment to developing your character, to living a selfless life. To live in the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live, to be an example, Jesus, Jesus in Book of John chapter seventeen, verse twenty-three talks about unity. Uh, Genesis chapter eleven, I think, verse six talks about you know the, the God's, talked about the fact that when the people speak the same language, they are one, and nothing will be impossible to, uh, to them. So if you want to see the kingdom of God advance, if you want to see the kingdom of darkness trample upon and the word of God advance and kick those demons out of the schools of your kids who are who are teaching them who are teaching them fide- uh, <laughs> impurity and all manner of evil all on the name of sex education if you want to overcome and overpower those idiots you have to learn to be selfless and speak as one not comparing your children with other children. My child can play football. Your child doesn't play football. Are we all right? What what, what makes you think that because your child plays football well, is caught to be a footballer, or it will be a footballer at the end of the day? Many parents are the ones who invite demons into the life of their children because of the nonsense they see about the kids, compare comparison and throw and bring on that parents down, looking down on that person because th- they think they have an asset. That child does not belong to you, it belongs to God. Amen. So you don't measure maturity by what people do, you know, what the gift of the Spirit they manifest or how eloquent they speak, but based on character. And the measure to which your own character has developed, right, will determine how well you can judge character in other people. Amen. So position or title in the church. Does not indicate or is not an evidence of, ma- mat- of maturity in anyone's life. The fact that the man of God is the GO of a church, he started a church and he can preach, he can teach, does not mean he's mature or a person safe to spend time with. We gotta wake up. The goal of every believer should be to walk in love with the brethren. And next week I'll give us, I'll start showing us how to do this. In the name of jesus let's bow our heads for prayer. father we thank you in the name of jesus for your word that has come to us this morning laying the foundation doing the prep work for all, in our heart to start a journey or to revise our journey to review our journey um of maturity growing up living a selfless christian life lord we pray that this word has come to our heart we bear fruit in the name of the lord jesus we will we'll start us on that journey a fresh journey a new journey a more advanced journey to live a selfless Christian life in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Let's get into it.